thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Sidekick, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into being the skeptic psychic. Hi, and thank you once again to a wonderful, special edition of the Skeptic Psychic. With me, as always, my marvelous, magnificent, first-rate, first-class, super, superb, and wonderful sister of mine, Kimber Rodriguez. Hey, how are you doing this week? Doing fine. Uh, when I call it special, wonderful, and a rare occasion is we're actually in the same room together for tonight only. Yes, I got a text from Richard Monday evening and said, can I come down and visit? I was like, of course. <laughs> so he made the 11 hour drive from Roswell, New Mexico to South Texas to hang out and be here for this week's episode. So, and we have a great episode this week. We're actually talking with Christy Sumner, who's a, a member and founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal. Dr. Christy Sumner holds a PhD in public administration, a master's in criminal justice and a bachelor's in political science. She has certification, certification sorry, in the scientific study of death, crime mapping, and analysis of collecting evidence for entomology. Among her wide ranging accomplishments, she was a professor at the University of Central Florida and an adjunct professor at the Metropolitan State College of Denver. She helped find, she helped found, found sorry, <laughs> tongue not working tonight. She helped found Sister Soul Sisters Paranormal in 2014, along with her sister, Jenny. And she's your twin, correct? Correct. Yes, Jenny's my twin. Yes, your twin sister. And Soul Sisters is a group of sisters and friends that travel to haunted locations across the U.S., some of these locations include the Lizzie Borden House, the old Gilchrist County Jail, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, and I know I'm going to pronounce this one wrong, the Alehini Lieutenant, I'm sorry, Lunatic Asylum. The, the, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Thanks. Is that it? Yes, yeah. thank you. There you go. Yeah. And, and the Rosilla Axe Murder House. Yeah, um, there you go. In 2020, the group shifted to Christy and her twin sister, Jenny, handling the primary investigations for the team. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to go ahead and welcome Jenny. I, I'm sorry, Christy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so sorry. I get called Jenny a lot, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. it is a pleasure to have you here. Um, do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and the Soul Sisters Paranormal? Absolutely. And thank you for both for having me tonight. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Um, so my name is Christy Sumner, and I am the founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal. As you said, it's an all-female paranormal investigation team that my twin sister and our younger sister started in 2014. And um, our first investigation, we really started off as a girl's trip. Um, my sisters and I, we live in different parts of the country. So we would routinely get together to uh, just go to different cities and just do something fun for a weekend. And uh, in 2014, we had the opportunity opportunity to go to Moundsville, West Virginia, which is where the West Virginia State Penitentiary is located. And we had a family friend that sat on the board and he said, well, while you're there, why don't you just spend the night in the, in the penitentiary and see what you find? And we did. And it was just a great experience for us to the point where we decided that we wanted to really pursue paranormal investigations and uh, see if we could elevate it as much as we could, um, that the paranormal investigations in, in, more into the mainstream. That is really awesome. That's something that Ever since I was a kid, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I can remember my mom is psychic. And okay. I remember sitting at her feet, just listening to these stories where she talked about her dad's best friend coming to visit them as she was sleeping the night he passed away. And oh. just all these experiences she had. And I was just so fascinated. So then as I got older, me and my friends would like go into the woods and see, okay, well, these trails are supposedly haunted let's see if we can find evidence of ghosts and we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> well none of us really do I mean this is all theory so I mean good for you for going out and trying 
Yes. So it's something I've, I've really always wanted to get into. So I'm just very, very happy that you came on the show to tell us a little bit about what y'all do. In fact, I know one of the places that you investigated was the Manger Hotel. And we are originally from San Antonio. So I'd love to hear about your experiences there at the Manger. Sure. Yeah. So we were actually, my, my uh, Nana was born in Texas in New Brothels there. And um, so we were actually in San Antonio for a family reunion. And oh. we, we really, we stayed at the Manger just because we knew it was supposed to be haunted and its proximity to the Alamo. And uh, so it wasn't really a formal investigation for us, but my, my twin sister, Jenny and Michelle. So we were, we were there, we were staying the night there. And about two o'clock in the morning, we just got up and said, you know, let's go explore the hotel. We'll take some pictures. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have the voice recorder with us and just really see if we can find anything, you know, any of the reports of the hauntings. And so we were walking around and we were on the third floor um, at this point. And it's, um, if you walk into there, there's a, a, a big rotunda um, that goes up several stories. So we were on the third floor of this rotunda and, um, there's a report of these uh, group of suites and there's a report of a woman who was murdered in one of these suites on her honeymoon. And um, so the, the, the reports are that you can see this lady, you know, walking around the hotel. Um, and so people know her as, as the lady from this room. And so right outside that room, there's a mirror. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty substantial mirror. And um, so we were on the opposite side of the rotunda facing this mirror. And we're just snapping pictures, just, you know, random snapping all these pictures with a digital camera. So we must have snapped about 50 that in some form or fashion had this mirror in it, whether it was, you know, up, upper corner, bottom corner, all of that. And so we're just going through them and just kind of going through all these pictures and boom, one of the pictures popped up. And it had a very clear profile of a woman in this picture. Now, Jenny and Michelle and I were the only three people on this entire level at this at this point in time, it's three o'clock in the morning, and um, it's on our website. But if you if you look at the picture through the mirror, you can see the profile of this woman, and it's very clear. She's wearing a blue dress. She's kind of she's kind of kind of head down, smirking a little bit. You can see a blue ribbon in her hair. She's got blonde hair, and so we actually took it to the manager of the manger the next morning, and he said that it was probably one of the best pictures that he had seen come from the Manger Hotel. And wow. so um, to be able to capture that was something that was, that was pretty profound for us, um, simply because of the, the history of the location and, uh, and all the history of just the city itself. Mm -hmm. uh, two things that, uh, interesting about that. One, uh, that, uh, that it's, it's not a woman in white. I've been describing her as kind of in a blue, uh, blue mm -hmm. dress for, uh, for the sightings. Mm -hmm. And two, uh, a lot of people assume psychic investigations, you take one picture and boom, you've got the proof. No, it takes a series of 50 pictures, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of a click, 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 sort of yeah. thing to pick up something. It absolutely does. And, and honestly, for us, we very, very rarely use photographs in, in what we do. Now we'll take pictures, um, but very rarely do we release them as any type of evidence just because there are so many things that can affect the photograph, right? So the light, um, so, you know, what the angle, bugs, dust, you know, all of that. So very rarely do we use those, but this one was so amazing because it's such a clear profile of this woman and the way the mirror was she would have had to have been standing like on a step stool to get this profile picture and obviously there's nothing there because the mirror sits a little bit higher up on the wall and again we're the only ones there and so to be able to capture that was was something that's pretty profound and it's really the only photograph that we've actually put out there as evidence simply because they can be debunked so easily. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I've, I've heard a lot about photos is you have dust, you have bugs, um, like you said, lighting, um, then you also have camera glitches. And, mm -hmm. and so to be able to factor in all of the stuff and still say, wow, this is a great capture. That's, mm -hmm. that's very rare. Yeah, absolutely. And to Richard's point, you know, we did, we did, we didn't just take one, we were taking a series, um, just because we took some of the door that had the mirror and all of that. So, um, and that was the only one, again, we just went, we sat and went just through them. And then we're like, whoa, wait a second. That's a woman in that mirror. Wow. That is amazing. 
So yeah, the Manger Hotel is an interesting location. Yes, um, that whole area is actually very interesting. Like you were saying, um, they had, I don't know what it is about the city of San Antonio, but there is so much energy in that city. Mm -hmm. And that whole area, Alamo Plaza, used to be the grounds of the Alamo when they had the Battle of the Alamo. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So um, it's, it's rumored that that entire area is haunted by spirits of the, the battleground, um, the Indians who were there before everyone else, right. as well as um, different spirits like that. I know my husband and I stayed at the Emily Morgan, which is the one right next to the Alamo on our honeymoon. Okay. Yeah. And um, that used to be up until 76 was a medical hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. So we, we had some very interesting things. And one of the things that stands out was we were, um, we went swimming in the, in the pool and we were the only ones there. And this was middle of, I'm sorry, end of August when it was still like a hundred and some odd degrees outside. Right. But as we were swimming, it got extremely cold. It felt like it dropped to like 30 degrees. The wind picked up and it was blowing very, very hard. Wow. Um, and we're like, you know, it, it's cold. Let's, let's get up. Let's. And so we went back and we went to dress for dinner. When we came out for dinner, 10 minutes later, it was that hot, muggy Texas heat again. Wow. And so I was like, that I thought was very rare. And the more I started researching, I had heard other people having these same experiences. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that to build the pool, the metal structure that's around the pool is the slabs from the morgue of the hospital. Wow. So well, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. That's strange and interesting. Yes. <laughs> that, that was something that was that was very interesting. Yeah, that, that could definitely lead to some some uh, serious interaction right there. Yes. So I'm like, I don't think I'm going to swim in that pool again. <laughs> To me, that could have been most likely the ghost laugh girl saying, okay, everybody out of the pool, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Let's go. Yes, time to get out of the pool. <laughs> yes. So in June of 2021, um, you and Miranda Young of Ghost Biker became co-managing partners of History, Highways, and Haunts, LLC. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that venture as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually sitting in the historic Scott County Jail right now, hence the prison uniforms behind me. Um, so we, uh, I actually met Miranda through Paranormal Investigations. So she is actually known as the Ghost Biker, and she has a series called Ghost Biker Explorations. And we really met about three years ago on a Paranormal Investigation just because I really enjoyed her style of how she investigates. Um, and so once we met, we just found that we, we really meshed on certain things, uh, especially paranormal investigations and, and history and history preservation. And so since we've met, we always kind of kicked around the idea of opening a location that's reported to be haunted and also establishing a museum inside that location in order to really preserve that building. So um, in the summer of last year, that opportunity really presented itself with the historic Scott County Jail in Huntsville, Tennessee. So this jail was built in 1904. It was in operation until 2008. And then it said vacant up until 2017 when the town did get a grant to repaint and put in uh, windows and such. But then and after 2017, it sat vacant again until last year, 2021. Um, and so the town of Huntsville allowed Miranda and I to go forward with our business plan of starting a museum, and which we did. So we've got a very robust museum inside the jail that really highlights Scott County, Tennessee history, as well as crime and punishment and law enforcement appreciation. And we also use this facility for paranormal research. So even when it was an operation as a jail, there were reports of this facility being haunted. Inmates and jailers um, and deputies alike uh, have told stories and, and told us stories about what it was like to work here and some of the things that went on, paranormally speaking. So when uh, we first got in here, we have some things that we cannot explain. And so we allowed paranormal investigators to come in. They can, you can rent the facility for the evening and do a paranormal investigation. So we've had 17 teams come in so far since we've been open. And uh, some of the stuff that, that, that they have found is extremely compelling. Um, such thing as objects moving, shadow figures, disembodied voices, footsteps. It really does run the gamut. So it's a, it's a pretty cool little building. That is awesome. And it's so great that you preserved it like that. Because one thing that um, I kind of dislike about this country is the way we treat our architecture and our history. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to Europe and you see these castles that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And here it's like, oh, this building's 20 years old. Let's tear it down and build something new. And it's like, no. Right. Agreed. So, so it's it's really awesome that y'all are doing that and preserving the history and, and teaching others of the history. Mm-hmm. And it, it really does. Like I said, it, it kind of runs the gamut of what we found here. But then again, when you think that this building has been here for 120 years, um, you know, it's not uh, it's not surprising that there is something going on in here. And so, like I said, we've had we've seen shadow figures. We've heard things audibly. We've captured them on on voice recorders and security cameras and such. So it is a very interesting and unique little building. Uh, we've re- come to really enjoy it. That is awesome. So out of all the investigations that you've done, uh, which one stands out to you the most and has the most meaning for you? Uh, that's really like kind of trying to ask me to pick my favorite kid. Um, you know, each of <laughs> them, <laughs> you know, each of, each of the investigations that we've done have been so profound in their own right. Um, so you, it's really hard to compare like the St. Augustine Lighthouse to the Velisca Axe Murder House. They, they both obviously have haunting reports, but they're so different structurally and as well as historically. So everyone that we've investigated has been so fantastic just because of the historical narrative that we get to, to actually um, have that tactile experience with, um, as well as being able to tell that story. Paranormally speaking, um, again, all of them have had something that to us has been extremely compelling. So I'd say if we're going to go the most active with regard to paranormal activity, I would have to say the old Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida, which is about an hour's west of Gainesville, Florida. So this is a small county jail. It was built in 1928. It was in operation until 1968. And then after it was um, uh, decommissioned as a jail, it set vacant in not the greatest part of the county. So um, drug dealers would use it, uh, prostitutes would use it. It really became this haven for a lot of underground criminal activity. So again, it wasn't in the best of locations. And there was actually a death that occurred there in 2004. Um, One drug dealer killed another inside this jail. And so um, it did become, uh, an owner did take it over and had private ownership of it. And she allowed paranormal investigators to go in and experience this location. So it's a very small county jail. It's got four um, cells on the bottom and then four on the top. And then there's a small jailer's cottage behind it uh, connecting to the jail via a doorway. So the first time I investigated there, it was with Miranda from Ghost Biker, and she and I were the only two people in the building. And when we first approached the owner about investigating there, she said, um, now, do you guys carry? Do you carry handguns? And we're like, yeah, we, we're both licensed to carry. And she said, I highly recommend you carry your guns with you at all times during the night because this is the area that we're in. And we're like, okay, no worries. So we both, you know, we have our holsters, we, we both have our guns on. And so we're going through the building and we're really not picking up a lot of activity. You know, it's, it's really, for lack of a better term, dead in there with regard to paranormal activity. So Miranda says, I wonder if they think we're law enforcement because we have our guns with us. So we decided to take our guns off and put them on a cot that was in one of these cells. So I took mine off and put it on the cot. And Miranda takes hers off. And as she's putting it down, she says, I'm putting this down nice and slowly. And behind us, a man's voice said, good. And after that, it was the night was on. We captured audible voices. We captured um, voices on our voice recorders. Um, the REM pods were going off. The K2s were going off. Footsteps, door slams. We captured things on the SLS. We saw visible shadow figures. We caught them on camera. It was, again, probably one of the most active locations that I've ever been to. So that was a great location. Um, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was another location that just is, is very active paranormally. Um, and, and really all of the places that we've gone to that we've been fortunate enough to investigate at, again, we've captured something that was pretty compelling at all of them. Wow, that, that is amazing. And that's one thing I've heard about a lot of prisons is, I don't know if it's because of the energy in the place for, you know, you've had murderers, you've had all these people doing things, you've had the guards with mistreatment, but some of the most active places I've heard of with hauntings are usually jails and prisons. Yeah, they definitely do have that reputation. For me, when we go into a jail or prison, we're kind of operating on the theory that um, those that have remained behind to communicate with us are really there because they, they fear retribution 
of what's coming next, right? They don't right. want to ascend to whatever's next because they didn't lead the greatest life on earth. So they're just going to stay here rather than face, you know, eternal punishment of some sort, if you right. believe in that. So I think that is the reason why um, prisons and jails have such a, a notorious reputation for being haunted and why we've captured such compelling things at, at those facilities. Right. That makes a lot of sense because um, with the lives that they lead, I'm sure there is that fear of what's beyond and, you know, do I deserve retribution after what I've done in this life? And mm -hmm. so I'm sure that, that that has a lot to do with them hanging around there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Getting uh, basically to a, uh, a, the lighter side of it, is there any place uh, right now on your bucket list that you would love to visit or here in the United States or even in Europe or Asia? Um, well, we would like to visit the Queen Mary. We haven't gotten out to the West Coast just yet. Um, the farthest that we've been is uh, Villisca, Iowa. Um, so I'd love to get out there. Um, and we, we will be investigating the USS North Carolina this year. So I'm very excited about that. That's been on my bucket list. Um, as far as international locations, Leap Castle in Ireland is my number one bucket list location. Yes. Uh, the, the Monte Cristo uh, plantation in Australia is another one. I've been there as a tourist, but not as an investigator. So that'd be an amazing place to go and, and spend some time at. And, and just really finding other locations here in the U.S. that um, that that need their story told, right? Because that's really what we love to do with, with our paranormal investigations. We like to find those places that not a lot of people know about, that we can highlight the history and maybe get some preservation dollars to that location or just recognition of that location. Um, I think one of the one of the investigations that I'm most proud of is our investigation at the Ma Barker House in Central Florida, which was the 1935 shootout uh, location between Ma and Fred Barker and members of the FBI. And so we were the very first paranormal investigation team to go in and investigate that. And when we came out with our findings and, and really put our video together and really highlighted the location, you know, we had um, news crews coming and talk to us, newspapers wanted to do reports with us, our interviews with us. Right. And so it really um, kind of propelled this little house to the limelight for a little bit. And we had so many people come and tell us, I never knew that was there. I never knew that happened. Mm -hmm. And for us it, to be able to highlight that history and really put out there that this is in your backyard, that was that was pretty special. So we love to find places like that. And, and that's kind of what we look for in, in the US. That That is so awesome. Because a lot of times investigators go in and they just focus on the hauntings. And as a history buff, it's so awesome to see that, that you're, you're focusing on that history too and bringing that to light and telling the true story. Um, to me, like I said, being a history buff, that's so important is keeping history alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I believe most paranormal investigators in this community, I think most paranormal investigators are of that mindset. So for me, there's really three distinctions of, of or classifications, if you will, of those that are in this field. You know, the first are the paranormal investigators, of which I consider myself one, and, you know, ghost biker explorations, and other people that we really interact with, those are the true people that go in and they're in it for the preservation, they're in it to tell that historical narrative and really connect with the location as well as the spirits that are in there, right? We, we go in and we do a complete uh, research dive um, into the history, into the events that happened there, into the reports of the haunting. So those are paranormal investigators. And then you've got ghost hunters. Ghost hunters are those that kind of want to go in, they want to see if there's activity, but there's really no connection there between the historical perspective and, 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 and the, you know, telling of that narrative. Um, and then you've got those that are what I consider just YouTube livers or bloggers or TikTokers. You know, those are the ones that are going in for two or three hours. They're doing a live just to get subscriptions or likes. And there's no connection. There's no retelling of a factual historical narrative. They're just going in to show people they can get scared or not get scared and then come out and that's it. And so for us, we, we really feel privileged to be in that first group of, of paranormal investigators that can go in and tell that story and, and really put the factual narrative out there for our audience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, 
Funny thing is, is uh, that's always been the uh, the first goal of uh, any. Uh, if I was ever going to go on a ghost investigation, I would first like to know the history behind the place, mm-hmm. not for uh, the spooky spookiness, but preserving history has always mm-hmm. been a fascination mm-hmm. in my family. So, if you're going to go into a haunted house and say, "Oh, there's a ghost in here," well, what did, what was a ghost like? What did he do when he was uh, alive? Oh, we don't know, but he stands up. Uh, he goes, "Woo!" Over there in the corner. <laughs> yeah, and we know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, and you're right. And for us, you know, this entire experience is about the experience. So. And, you know, I've touched the doorknobs of the Lizzie Borden house. I've stayed the night in the St. Augustine Lighthouse. I've stayed the night in Post Town Elementary or Malvern Manor or Verliska Axe Murder House. And not a lot of people can say that they've done that. And to be able to highlight that experience and bring it to our audience and say, you know, it's not just about being scared or being spooky or finding something that to your point goes woo woo. It's about having the entire experience. And, you know, that, that is absolutely why we're in this. And that's absolutely what we love to do. Right. That, that totally makes sense. Cause I'm also a, a true crime buff and I've read all about the Villisca Axe house, the murders. I've read about the Lizzie Borden. I've read the trial. I've read, you know, everything, the background. And those are like some of my bucket places and it's not like you said, it's not because, ooh, this is haunted. It's because to be there where this stuff actually took place, right? To be part of that history mm-hmm. is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's very cool to go into these locations and then couple that historical narrative with paranormal, compelling paranormal evidence. So um, to be able to marry the two uh, is just really just icing on the cake. Right. right. I, I can totally get that. <laughs> So how did um, your friends and the rest of your family react to your interest in the world of super, the, the supernatural? Were they supportive when you and your sister decided you are going to start the Soul Sisters? Yeah, you know, because um, it, it, like I said, it started at Moundsville in uh, the, the West Virginia State Penitentiary there in Moundsville. And um, the reason we were in Moundsville is because that's where my mom was born. And so my grandpa was actually a prison guard at the West Virginia State Penitentiary before he became chief, chief of police of Glendale, West Virginia. And so that to have that familial connection, um, that really kind of uh, kind of set the tone for, for what we do. And um, so my, my parents were very much on board and my, my family was very much on board. Now, with the first couple of times we, we went there, they would say, you know, what, what was it like? What did you see? What did you hear? What did you experience? And that's really why we started editing the videos um, uh, because we wanted to show our parents and our family what it was like. And so when they really started seeing what we do and how we do it, um, they instantly became our biggest fans. I mean, my dad wears his Soul Sisters Paranormal shirt. And I mean, you get a guy to wear one of those shirts and that's True Blue fan right there. So, um, so, you know, he wears our shirts, he wears our hats, um, you know, uh, all of our aunts and uncles and cousins and, and extended family, they are just um, our number one support group. So to have that behind us is, it's just, it's, it's actually a really cool experience. So um, yeah, it's, it's really been um, a fun ride for all of us. That is awesome. Um, so I know a lot of the shows these days are almost aggressive in their tactics um, with a deliberately taunting any spirits. And there's a lot of editing that makes it seem like every time they're going into a place, every minute is filled with voices auras, orbs, and shadows. Um, I know, as, as we had mentioned before, true paranormal investigations aren't really quick cuts to the good stuff, and it requires a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. I'm sure sometimes you walk away without getting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who is always respectful to the sites you visit, what advice and words of experience would you give to somebody like myself who's trying to get into the field of paranormal who only has these reality shows to go on? Well, the first thing I would say, and and that's a great question. So the first thing I would say is, you know, you've got to go in with the understanding if you're an audience member of one of these shows that they're in it for the sensationalism and they have to have the sensationalism to get uh, commercial time and to get sponsorships. And so that's the reason why we see this progression from, from those groups that have gone in, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, you know, 2008, nine, and, and really gone in with that sense of exploration to a movement of everything has now become demonic because you have to have that audience base and you have to keep them kind 
kind of glued to their seat. And what better, better way to do that than to increase the sensationalism? So it, it, you have to know that going in. And listen, that is fine. If that's how somebody wants to, to make a living and that's how they want to portray themselves, that's great, but that's not what we do. Um, so for example, when we go into a location, we're there from anywhere from eight, 24, 48 hours. And that's, that's our shot, right? That's, that's, we're in there, we're doing that. Um, and we don't have a film crew. We don't have a production crew. We don't have um, a continuity crew to make sure from scene to scene, we're wearing the same thing and everything. Um, uh, uh, groups like taps and everything, they're filming for a week. Uh, and then they'll go back and they'll have somebody edit all of that video. So it is a lot different than what we do. And so for us, um, you know, it, it really is about just being with the location and, and doing a, what we consider a true ethical investigation. Mm -hmm. And so for somebody who's just trying to get into the field, the first thing I would say was, uh, would, would be one, get yourself a voice recorder and go to some of these locations that are reported to have paranormal activity, take your voice recorder in and start asking questions and then really build from there, build that experience from there um, and, and go in with what I consider is the right intentions. And for, for me personally, the right intentions would entail going in with that sense of, of respect for the location and respect for the spirits that you're going to be, you're going to be speaking with. Right. Uh, we do not go in and we never provoke. We do not go in with a sense of provoking. We don't go in with a sense of bravado or any type of chest thumping. It is legitimately to tell the story of the location and any entity that wants to speak with us. So we'll go in, we'll tell our names, we'll introduce ourselves and say, we just, we just want to tell your story. We're here to tell your story. And I think when you go in with that sense of respect, then you get that respect from the spirits. Uh, there, there's really no point in, in taunting or provoking. I just think that's, that's absolutely a, a ridiculous way to conduct an investigation. Um, and so that, that's kind of the advice that I would offer. Right. That's one thing I've always um, felt as well watching these shows is I've always felt that when they go in there and they're doing their provoking, to me, that just seems like very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't go into someone's home and, and exactly. start being rude to them. And so why are you going to do that to a spirit's home? And mm -hmm. so I love that, like you said, about going in there with that respect and, and just being like, you know, I'm just here to tell your story so other people can know and, you know. Mm -hmm. That's it, exactly. Yes. You have any questions, Rich? Well, I, I got a few. It just, it's just <laughs> fascinating right here. I'm sorry, you know. Yes. No, I, this, I, is, this is awesome. This is awesome. And yes, it's just, uh, you know, kind of a women's type of night. You know, you got these uh, <laughs> very strong women over here, you know, my mm -hmm. sister and, of course, uh, you, doctor. Uh, <laughs> I On your Soul Sisters YouTube channel, you don't, you know, only cover specific buildings, but you started about a year ago uh, talking about landmarks, legends, and lores, mm -hmm. uh, covering the history of these haunted buildings. Uh, yeah. So, so that's a that's a spinoff series that, that we're doing, again, called Landmarks, Legends, and Lore, and this, kind of, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, did this series begin as sort of a, a COVID uh, solution, or uh, was this always, always in the work? No, co honestly, COVID never slowed us down. Um, there was never a time where we stopped investigating, um, you know, by the nature of what we do. Uh, we've actually uh, been able um, to, to go and, and we were in small groups and, you know, we, we were keeping our social distance and all of that. So COVID never slowed us down. In fact, um, uh, mid last year, I actually conducted a study of paranormal investigators and uh, haunted locations. And one thing that I found was that during COVID, uh, paranormal investigations were the one thing that kept the lights on uh, at most of these locations because they weren't allowing or they couldn't allow general public um, uh, people to go in and explore. So uh, their only source of revenue during COVID was paranormal investigation teams going in. So um, kudos to the paranormal investigation community for actually helping these buildings to, uh, to, to really persevere through COVID. Um, but no, Landmark Legends and Lore, uh, it, it is a spinoff series. And it's something that we've always been kind of kicking around um, because 
as I said before, we're all extremely interested in some of these lesser known stories, um, you know, a specific grave site that may have an interesting in inscription or a bridge in a location that may report to be haunted or something like that. And um, so what, what Landmark Legends and Lore is, it's more of the story and the historical perspective um, more so than an actual paranormal investigation. It's really going to these locations, um, getting some footage of them, and then putting them together in an, in an, in an entire story. Um, so for example, we have an episode called Haunting Bridges. We've got a, a, a one called um, Haunting Aviation, which looks at airline crashes and airplane crashes that are reported to be haunted. Um, you know, we've, we've got different uh, uh, episodes like that. And that's, again, it's kind of, it's more of telling the narrative of a haunting more than actually doing an investigation. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one I'll definitely have to check out. Have you thought of um, talking about or going through the legend of the Resurrection Mary? You know, that, that is a legend that we know about. Um, it's not one that we've highlighted yet. Um, again, we, we're just kind of looking at different things. It could be on a future episode for sure. Um, you know, di yeah, different legends and stuff like that. It's not one that we've covered yet. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that in the future. Awesome. So are you just doing like actual locations or are you doing like maybe different legends of different areas because I know like down here we have being close to the border we have the legend of La Llorona which is mm -hmm. the crying woman um so are you looking on doing some legends like that also yeah absolutely so we've done uh, one of our earlier episodes of this was the legends of Sleepy Hollow so just really telling the story of Washington Irving and, and the entire um legend of the area not just the book um so we did one on Sleepy Hollow we did one on our home our our hometown in Ocala Florida so we did legends of Marion County um just basically um like the the legends surrounding Silver Springs Florida and, and some of the houses that are there in that county so yeah we do highlight different legends like that. Um, so uh, monsters will be one that's coming up next. Uh, cryptids will be one that we cover next, UFOs. So it, it really just kind of runs the gamut of, of different different things like that, not so much just honing in on paranormal. Um, so for example, we did one on uh, haunting cemeteries and that looked at several cemeteries across the country that have something unique about them. Like for example, um, there's, a, there's a cemetery in Virginia that has a very um, interesting gravestone uh, that is inscribed to the unknown woman. And so the legend is that this this woman died in the in the early 1800s and nobody knows who she is, nobody knows who she was, but her husband spent a ton of money to get this incredibly elaborate um, headstone that told her her supposed story. So it's kind of interesting. So things like that, that, you know, that people in a community may know about, but people, a greater audience in the U.S. might not. So right. we really kind of want to bring those legends back to life. Interesting. Yeah, I think I've heard that story. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where they don't know exactly what happened to her or how she died or anything like that. Um, there's some, some mystery and legend behind that. And everybody's mm -hmm. wanting to know the entire story behind it. Yeah, nobody knows where she came from or who she was. Uh, they just showed up into this tavern one night in Virginia and um, there was somebody sitting behind you just FYI. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. That was just kind of, that was just kind of crazy. I just kind of caught my eye right there. Um, <laughs> That's my husband. He's a stroke survivor. Okay. And so he, Sometimes he'll wander in. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, this is a legend of a, of a woman in uh, in Virginia. She she and her husband showed up in a tavern, um, and the the husband called for a doctor under um, under the uh, the explicit explicit instructions that nobody was to ask their name and nobody was to ask anything about them. And so she ended up dying, and uh, they buried her in the cemetery there. And her husband, like I said, put out a lot of money. Uh, I think he actually took out a alone to have this very elaborate headstone inscribed and it, it's not um, it's not a vertical headstone it's horizontal it looks like a table and so it's this long inscription written about the the unknown woman and so that's a really cool story uh, you know some different um, uh, in um, down in uh, Casadega Florida there's a cemetery that's supposed to have the devil's chair 
So we went down and told that story in that legend. And so different things like that is, is really kind of highlighting not so much a paranormal investigation, but more of these local legends and lore that, that a community may know about, but the greater audience may not. And so we'd like to bring those, the, those legends to a, a greater audience. Uh, up in uh, Washington State, uh, where I spent about maybe eight years, uh, run, uh, I, my uh, wife's family has got a, uh, a couple of plots in this really interesting uh, cemetery. Uh, there is a tombstone uh, that's got, it looks like a drill uh, point, an old-fashioned drill point. Uh, sitting right next to it, and the uh, grave marker says, deep enough, Joe? <laughs> oh, there, there you go. And the story behind <laughs> that is uh, uh, the, he, uh, when he was, you know, he was a, a, I believe a driller or digger, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and he was always, you know, uh, could, you always got to go deeper, always got to go deeper, so as a that's a joke they all put together, wow. uh, the great grave marker saying, is this deep enough for you now? <laughs> you, you know, it is really interesting. Obviously, I spend a lot of time in cemeteries. So, you know, to see some of these unique and elaborate headstones, um, not just inscriptions, but stuff like you mentioned that are, are really now more geared toward highlighting the life of the individual, right? So you, there's, there's definitely this movement in the last couple of decades where the tombstone or the headstone is, is there there to really represent the entire life of, of that individual that lays underneath. So it's, it's, it's more of a movement from, you know, William born this date, died this date, to really kind of telling their, their entire story or depicting their life or their occupation or something on a headstone. And it's really become a, a really unique thing to witness, especially going into these cemeteries. Yes. And it's very interesting. Like, I know one of my favorites is it's of a I think the boy was in a wheelchair and when mm-hmm. he, he died, his dad had this statue made of him getting out of the reach, the wheelchair and reaching up to the sky. And I've seen that. It's just so amazing to see those things because you want to know the story. You want to know what's behind that statue or that, that tombstone, like you said. And it, mm-hmm. it's really interesting that you're telling these stories so that they can get out there and be, these people can be remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it, it's, it's a fun series to do. Um, we, I'm, I'm actually working up, um, I'm editing one right now that I hope to have out next week. So that'll be a, a fun one to release as well. And, and then we're working on our next investigation video as well. So um, cool, some cool things coming up here in the next few weeks. Awesome. It's also fascinating when you go to a lot of the uh, graveyards, you, uh, depending on how old the cemetery is, uh, I've gone to ones that uh, they date back to around the, uh, the Civil War area. Uh, that one that uh, I went to where the, the Deep Enough Joe uh, tombstone actually had uh, descendant of the Plymouth Rock uh, res- uh, wow. uh, Plymouth uh, Voyagers, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. It was really, uh, they are one of the most, not only I really don't think too many uh, graveyards are that haunted. I think once you've gone, it's more or less as a place to go to where the people that remember you or want want to know your history will go to as opposed to uh, haunted beings actually want to hang around uh, all throughout eternity going, yeah, I remember those days when... Yeah. yeah, I mean, and to your point, a very, very few times have we ever, ever captured anything in the cemetery. I mean, obviously, we've gone and investigated some, but um, and, and to your point, there's, there's really, and we've never experienced our greatest paranormal activity in a cemetery. Um, I just don't think that even though your body's there, I don't think that's where a majority of our spirits will linger. Um, it's either going to be with an object or, or in a in a location such as a, a jail or a prison or a house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I, I seriously doubt a person's going to want to haunt their grave for the rest of their, for eternity. I'm sure they would want to go back to the places they love or the places that they felt most connected to, not mm-hmm. their their resting spot <laughs> yeah exactly. can't escape that he's a uh, he uh, not only is his resting spot in graceland but he uh he's seen in graceland 
It's a yeah, show Elvis that, isn't dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Elvis is alive, Richard. Exactly. <laughs> He's still living nice. in Graceland. He's mm -hmm. hanging out with Jim Morrison and Kurt Cobain. There you They're go. On some island together. <laughs> Being trained by Bruce Lee and Jimi Hendrix. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, we actually, the neighborhood that we grew up in that me and my friends would go and investigate, there was, I remember there was a grave of a little girl, I think, according to her tombstone, she had, she died when she was maybe five or seven. And nobody could ever tell me why that, that tombstone was there and like back behind a house in a neighborhood. And I remember trying to do research and everything and never finding anything. So it would be interesting, like you said, that to bring things like that to life because mm -hmm. to me by this girl's grave just being there and nobody knowing anything it's like she's forgotten yeah exactly and I think that's why you know when I go through a cemetery I'll, I'll read out the names on on some of the tombstones as I pass by just to say you know you're not forgotten that somebody's here looking at your tombstone you know one of the interesting things that that has happened over the last couple of years with regard to cemeteries and tombstones is um, along with the the more elaborate inscriptions um, there are companies that will put QR codes on the tombstones so you can actually walk up scan it with your smartphone and you can know the entire life story, um, maybe see a video or a page or whatever dedicated to that person that's buried beneath. So that's an interesting trend that started as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm with you on that when it comes to when going into graveyards. I'm like, hi, how's it going? Uh, excuse me, I don't mean, excuse me, pardon me, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't mean to step on your grave. I'm just walking <laughs> by. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it, Personally, I don't know why, though, ever since I was a child, I've had this innate fear of graveyards. Hmm. And I don't know why. I, I just I remember as a kid, like we would even driving by a graveyard, I would like duck down into the back seat. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think I think, you know, obviously you're you're kind of everybody has this innate fear of death. And I think that when you pass that, it's kind of a reminder that, you know, that's where our or well, that's where we're going to end up, right? No. And so I think a lot of people that, that may be their reaction because of that. But, you know, based on what we've been doing and the, the evidence that we found, um, I, I, there is something after this, right? Especially if you subscribe to the theory that energy cannot be created or destroyed, you know, we have to go somewhere. And so, and, and like I said, the evidence that we found to us has been extremely compelling that there is something we do continue on after this and, and we have that ability to communicate uh, if somebody's listening for us. Right. That's part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast is because that is definitely something that um, has come into light lately about Einstein with his whole quantum theory. Mm -hmm. He believes that everything's made up of energy and mm -hmm. that we're made up of energy and like you said energy does not cease to exist so we exactly. would, it only would make sense that we would carry on exactly and so I'm, I'm hoping that by doing this podcast it helps to give people that peace of mind to know that there is more to this life and we do continue on once we're gone it's we don't just return to dust as some say right, right. You put out a fire you still got the smoke and you've got the uh, the dust left over the fire. That didn't change the fact that it's still fire. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a very interesting conversation and I'm just fascinated by it all. I just love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I love the fact, you know, uh, when uh, hosts and uh, the uh, person being interviewed can just uh clink up and we can just go off on random 10, uh, 10, <laughs> know one another. I mean, it started mm -hmm. off talking about haunted places, but we've gone to graveyards. We've talked about the metaphysics as well as the religions aspect, you know, where could yeah. it go? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, that's what a conversation is supposed to be about. So that's, you know, I absolutely love these type of conversations as well. Yes. Yeah. So can you have any other questions? What are the plans uh, for the Soul Sisters uh, for 2022? 
Uh, we actually have several investigations already lined up. Like I said before, uh, our next one will be at the USS North Carolina. So we're very excited about that. And then um, we've got, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff going on here at the historic Scott County Jail in Huntsville, Tennessee. So we've got different events coming up um, here, both for um, the jail and then Soul Sisters Paranormal, as well as Ghost Biker Explorations. We have a lot of stuff on tap in the next few months. And so if, if you're looking for a location and you're in Tennessee, stop by and see us. Um, we've got some great activity here, as well as a lot of history. So um, that's obviously definitely what's going to keep us moving forward here in 2022. But as far as Soul Sisters Paranormal, um, yeah, investigations, be looking in the next couple of weeks for our next Landmark Legends and Lore episode. That will be on our website at www.soulsistersparanormal.com as well as Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal and YouTube under Soul Sisters Paranormal. So we'll be releasing Landmark Legends and Lore, and then we'll be releasing um, our investigation from Post Town Elementary as well. Awesome. Well, I was gonna ask you, where can we find you? But you just realized <laughs> right over there. Shameless plug, Richard. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't wait for the host for that mess. I go ahead and plug myself. Plug yourself, plug away. No problem at all. So we'll we'll definitely meet, uh, look out for those episodes and, and check those out. Awesome, thank you. Yes. You. Yeah. You can also uh, reach us at the uh, uh, we're also on uh, Apple Podcast, where we do beg you, plead, oh, please uh, leave us a comment response. We would love to have a five-star review, but we understand that, you know, we're just a new burgeoning, but the more comments and stars you leave us, it's the more people that can get to know us. Uh, we're also on uh, just about on every platform uh, platform that uh, you could you could find out there. Uh, We've just uh, started a Twitter account. Why? I have no idea, but. <laughs> to connect with more of our listeners. I guess so. Because you're hip, That's... Richard. You're hip. <laughs> Do you have a, a Twitter account, by I the don't. way? I don't. Oh, I'm not that, yeah, I'm not that cool. Yeah. Yes. And we're also on YouTube as well. Um, we do post our, our interviews on YouTube. And I've started telling some of my own experiences that I've had on YouTube as well. So people could check us out there. So, Fantastic. Yes. We just want, want to let you know that uh, we're out here uh, uh, answering the calls of uh, what the heck is uh, all this uh, paranormal and ghost stuff. And coming from both sides of perspective, whether you believe it or not, we're just laying down the information. And, exactly. Uh, but from our wonderful, sweet, wise, wonderful, kind, considerate sister uh, and myself, uh, we just like to thank you for listening in. And thank you again, Christy, for uh, coming in, uh, talking with us. And absolutely. Uh, I say just, uh, or I love to say, unpleasant nightmares. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Good night. Have a great night. Thank you.